Hello, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast, the podcast for pets and the people who love them. Now, here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Roger Welton. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to the Space Coast Podcast. I'm your host, veterinarian Dr. Roger Welton, coming to you, of course, from the Florida Space Coast. Most of you who've been listening to me for years have become accustomed to veterinary advice, animal news and views with my lovely co-host, Dr. Karen Lewis. Uh, she and I are still good friends and I love her to pieces, but Dr. Karen had to go and get herself involved in a brick and mortar practice that has her crazy busy, very similar to me, but me meshing our schedules has just become increasingly challenging. And I wanna be able to continue to reach out to my listeners and convey all of the things that I'd like people to know, pet owners specifically, about my experiences in everyday practice. I also want to add a little bit of a local flavor because I do live and practice medicine. Both my practices are in the Florida Space Coast, which is in the Cape Canaveral area. And my global listeners, don't, don't be concerned because uh, I've had the benefit of having graduated from a private university that has had students from all over so I have colleagues in California, in the Midwest, in the South, even Canada and England. And what I've learned is that a lot of the things we experience in day-to-day -day practice have global trends, you know, not just national trends, but global trends that are important, usually ubiquitously at the same time. So I invite my global listeners to continue to participate, to email us requests for potential topics. Nothing's really gonna change, but I am gonna start streaming these uh, episodes through the websites of my respective practices. So therein lies the, the local rebranding. But today I have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Jill Egan. She's a certified veterinary technician. And why I, I have chosen to have a technician on the program today is because we have just completed National Veterinary Technician Week. As veterinarians, we rely so heavily on these amazing people to really be the nuts and bolts and the heart and soul of the veterinary practice. They have their hands on the pets and they are in communication with the pet owner far more than the veterinarians are and without them we cannot do what we can do. I won't get into it too much. I'll leave it to Jill to expand on the profession and how special it is. But just real quickly, I'd like to give you a little bit of a background on Jill. She graduated from University of Florida with a Bachelor in Animal Science in 2011. She then entered the Eastern Florida State College Veterinary Technology Program and graduated in 2014 with a degree in veterinary technology. She then joined actually one of my practices, a very busy labor-intensive practice called Maybeck Animal Hospital in West Melbourne, Florida, and there she practiced general medicine surgery and dentistry um, alongside general practitioners. So she was involved in all aspects of, of the day-to-day -day practice. Now she is working for a specialist in ophthalmology, veterinary ophthalmology, where she is a technician specifically tasked with ophthalmology, medicine, and surgery. So a very unique realm of experience. We're very excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Jill. <laughs> All right, so this is Jill's first experience on a podcast. It takes get, a little getting used to. The, what I'd like to uh, have the people know first, Jill, is you know you, you were an animal science major, but clearly you decided 
that wasn't the, right, the direction you wanted to go. You wanted to become a veterinary technician. So specifically, what attracted you to, to the profession and what do you love about it? You've been doing it a long time now. Well, I originally got my four-year degree, kind of not really sure where I was going to go in the animal industry. Um, and then once I graduated, I realized all of my colleagues from school were actually becoming like pharmaceutical reps for uh, veterinarians and going around and selling veterinary pharmaceutical drugs. And it's not that sales isn't you know a great job, it's just not for everybody. And I didn't really realize that's where it was headed. So then I didn't even know veterinary technology was a career path. I just assumed that when I brought my pet to the vet when I was a kid, um, that those girls were just trained on the job and then none of them really had education. So when I discovered the technician program, I was like, this is awesome. You can be a nurse for animals. And my mom was a nurse growing up. And uh, it just seemed really attractive to me. So I went ahead with that. So that's what, that's what attracted you to it, and that, that's awesome. That's, it's, a, it's such a good point that there's, there's so many facets and directions we can go in the industry. You brought up pharmaceutical rep, but I know that wouldn't be for me either. I can't sell anything. But as far as now you're immersed in the profession, you were at Maybeck for seven years, had your hands in all manner of everything, and now you're doing ophthalmology. What, what can you tell, you know, let's say we have people out there that are considering the profession, what can you tell them that you absolutely love about it? I love the, actually this is kind of weird because I was not really a people person um, prior to, but I really love the interaction with the clients. Um, they get to know you very well, a lot of times more so than the actual veterinarian, just because you're the one that's handling their pet, you know, in the hospitalization, you're the one taking care of them directly and communicating with the client directly. So you get to really know these people and the situations that they are in with their animals and you get to really feel for them um, and enjoy the aspect of, you know, when things go well, also the sad side of it. But um, that's like one unexpected thing that I really enjoy about being a tech is the client interaction. Um, and then of course the patient interaction. You actually as a technician are way more hands-on with the pet than the veterinarian. Veterinarians are amazing, don't get me wrong, but they don't get to just actually hands-on do everything. They just prescribe the drugs, they examine the animal, and you know obviously do all the surgery, but you're the one putting in the IV catheter, um, you know, intubating them, making, you know, telling the veterinarian, oh, I found this, what do you think? This is something we didn't see before. You really have to be the patient's advocate um, and literally the nurse. You're the one getting all the vitals, picking up on small, you know, attributes with their personality, how they're feeling, you know, you get to know the animal really well too. So it's not cuddling puppies per se, um, that's adorable, but the more in-depth things that I really enjoy about it are really the, the interaction between the patient and the client with you. That's that's awesome. I, I think you encompass it all with that answer and, and that's all uh, amazing points. And of course, it's not all shits and giggles, right? There's, uh, there's more to that story and, and stay tuned for that because there's unique challenges that also come with being a veterinary technician. And Jill's gonna enlighten us on that. But before we go there, Jill, I wanna talk about real quick, uh, you transitioned from general practice to a very niche, very specialized area of veterinary medicine, eyes specifically. My living nightmare, by the way. <laughs> I'm not an eye, an eye guy, but um, as, as far as that's concerned, can you talk about the, the, I guess the differences, number one, and number two, the challenges in having gone from general practice to such a specific niche of specialty? 
Well, um, it's it's very different. Um, there are things that you don't have to specifically deal with anymore when you go to a specialist. Um, most of the animals are pretty well taken care of at the specialists, um, and you don't have to worry about the kind of depressing nature of like euthanasia and stuff like that. So it's great. Um, you also aren't dealing with like vaccines and just general health care. So by the time an animal comes to you in the specialty practice, they are there, they've already been to their vet a lot and are very frustrated. Um, so you're there to be like, look, okay, we're gonna try and help them now. Um, it's eyeballs, which I know it seems like, oh, there's actually a place that literally just deals with animal eyes. Yes, um, there are so many breeds that are inbred, a lot could go into that have eye issues that are part of their genetic makeup that their owners have to deal with. Um, and you know, animals, like a dog being able to see is not 100% um, indicative of them having a good quality of life. We see a lot of blind animals, um, but just, it's very different uh, for me just because I'm not doing like as much like client in education. It's very specialized with the questions they ask. So my job is more just to just basically be there for the be there for my doctor and just help in surgery and make sure that you know everything goes well as far as that and answer basic questions and triage when people call. Um, but it's it's very it's very different and very you learn a lot when you go to a specialist because you're literally specializing in things you had no idea were even or even in the realm of veterinary medicine. I had no idea there were so many different types of glaucoma and you know, dry eye and things like that. It's like very, wow. You didn't realize how many problems I, yeah, eyes can have until you work for an eyes place, which sounds silly, but you know, it's just. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me because when, when I send patients to the specialist, the specialist that you work for, Dr. Paige Evans, when I send cases there, I, I feel like I learn something on a weekly basis as far as when she gives me her referral paper back and I'm reading about these things like I didn't even know that was a disease. Imagine that. So I, I can I can see that being very interesting. Again, my worst nightmare beyond a simple corneal ulcer, maybe a little bit of allergic conjunctivitis. I'm tapping out on eyes, generally speaking, because they're very challenging to get to heal. And uh, there's, as Jill said, there's so many nuances to what can go wrong with a canine and feline eye. But uh, let's get back to the, the general nature of technology, veterinary technology. We've talked about what's wonderful about it. What's the dark side? Because I think anybody who has a potential career path to veterinary technology needs to know that there are some challenges. So please highlight some of those. Well, one of the main things that you'll hear a lot about is that it's a very dirty job. Um, you know, there'll be times when you have a, a dog flinging, you know, diarrhea in your eye and stuff like that. Um, so if you're not, if you have a, a sensitive stomach or just don't want to clean up poop and pee and vomit, just like with a human nurse, just don't even bother. <laughs> like you're going to get dirty. Um, and that's just, it is what it is. Um, it's a lot of cleaning, <laughs> but beyond that, um, I'd say the hardest, one of the hardest things that I had to kind of get over was that you can't get offended um, by clients who just expect you and the veterinarian to be a miracle worker. Um, a lot of times people put their emotional issue with what's going on with their animal on you and you can't kind of take it upon yourself to have that affect you mentally and there's a lot of burnout with both veterinarians and technicians because 
I hate to say it, but people get animals and don't realize how much they cost. They don't realize how much work and how many medical problems they can have. And then you end up being the one who's getting, you know, yelled at or screamed. And, you know, it's just, it can be very emotionally draining. So you have to kind of figure out your own way to deal with those situations. And that's where, you know, a lot of people have just, you know, they get depressed or they have anxiety and it's, it's a lot of the client interaction um, causes that. So I'm sure it's the same thing in human medicine or even tenfold because there's a lot of, you know, there can be disheveled people out there that just really can get to you. So you have to be able to separate yourself and just look at the greater good. Like you're doing this because you love it and it's very difficult mentally, but it's very also so rewarding. Um, but I'd say that's definitely something that I wasn't like as prepared for and you just kind of with experience kind of learn to deal with those people and just remember that you're there to help the animal um, and they can you know try and bring you down but you just in the end as you're getting the poop flowing at you and then they're yelling at you on top of it you just want to go home and cry sometimes <laughs> but then you get the, the puppy the next day or the kitten that you save and you're like okay I do love my job this is amazing this is why I'm doing this um, and those those times really tenfold make up for all the a couple of negative things that you might deal with. Yeah, that's I mean I, you're echoing a lot of things that that I struggle with as well, and I think we both share in that. But I feel like the technician takes more of the brunt of it because for some reason people feel more comfortable berating a technician over the way they feel than they do to the doctor, and it's not fair to you guys. I hate to see it. And, uh, you know, I do step in and definitely ask them to not abuse my technicians because of the way they're feeling. I'd rather they abuse me, to be honest with you. The technicians go through so much. So, yeah, that's that's one of the challenging sides of the profession. I think, Jill, that both veterinarians and veterinary technicians, you know, most most of our clients and most of our interaction is actually very positive and people are very grateful. It's that one person that can just suck the life out of you that yeah. just makes you forget that and you, and it sticks with you and really the whole day was wonderful until that one person, you know? And, and so folks, if you're listening, try to not be that person. Be nice and be kind because these ladies and, and men and women, they're killing yourself, killing themselves for your pet. Let's talk about the pets themselves. You said earlier that you have the most interaction with, with the patient and that's, that's the God honest truth. You're way more interacting with that patient including the not so easy patients. Let's talk about some of the danger you're in when you're working with some of these patients that let's face it, aren't thrilled to be there. Yeah, I mean, I never like judge the dog for not wanting to have a thermometer shoved up its butt, um, but a lot of them don't like it. And there can be cats that, you know, are basically feral for all intents and purposes. They act great at home and then animals get scared. And most, like 99.9% .9 of them are reacting out of fear. Um, so there's some danger, but actually one of the reasons I'm in uh, dog and cat practice versus what I wanted to do originally in, um, when I got my four-year degree was equine, is just because the innate um, danger with dogs and cats is way lower than a you know 1,200-pound horse that wants to rear up and kill you. So you can you know put a muzzle on a dog and you can sedate the animal if they're that stressed and really that you know putting you in danger and putting themselves in danger um, so that's definitely you know it's it's definitely tolerable because of that 
Um, but I never, I never blame the animal. I mean, sometimes they're just not socialized. And I just tell people, I'm like, if you get in a puppy, you better do things to them that they don't like. Put them in a cage because if your dog's never been crated and then they have to be hospitalized if they have a kidney issue or need fluids or anything, any kind of surgery, a foreign body, they eat something they shouldn't have and they've never been in a cage, they're going to be really stressed and making themselves like bloody trying to get out of that cage. So I actually help people and say, oh, train this animal. You know, I know it seems like you're not doing a nice thing, but it actually benefits them in the long term to be in situations that they don't like. Because I would say a lot of times if it's not fear, it's just the animal not liking something that's not their idea. Like this puppy being held for a nail trim. That's not my idea. Well, if you know you would have had things done like that when you were younger, then maybe you'd be more comfortable with it. Um, but then you have those dogs on the other side that you just want to take home with you because you're <laughs> like, you have the best personality ever. <laughs> and if this owner, ever something ever happens to them, I'm taking this dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. can you put me in your will for your dog? <laughs> like, I love your dog this much. And everybody loves those dogs that come in and like all the texts are like, oh my God, it's Brandon. Or, oh my God, it's, you know, Fluffy or whatever. And they're just, everybody snogs over them. So I would say those kind of dogs are just as frequent in the veterinary practice as the ones who are like, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, really good point. I, I got several of my favorites like that. And, and some of the cats too that come in that they're just amazingly docile and sweet and friendly despite, you know, for cats, especially the veterinarian, office just traveling to the vet is so difficult for them because they're such stress-driven animals um, but yeah no that's a great point so I think Jill really touched on a lot of what's challenging about the profession a lot of what's great about it what drew her to it and you know she really just kind of embodies really what what the veterinary technician profession is all about it's not for everybody I saw a meme on Facebook which I, I just love and it, it's always posted during Veterinary Technician Week, it's a picture of Chuck Norris, and it said, if Chuck Norris had a day job, he'd be a veterinary technician. And I just love it, and I share it every year because it's it's just so true. I have such respect for, for vet techs. And uh, you know, I think the biggest takeaway today, everyone, is number one, if you are a veterinary technician, I do know we have a lot of vet tech listeners because you email me. I salute all of you. Uh, us doctors love you, and, and if we don't always express it, just know that we have the utmost respect, confidence, and admiration for what you do. And to all of the pet owners out there, be kind to your technicians. Just know that they're putting their heart and soul into this. They make about a quarter of what an RN would make at best. Uh, just like we don't make as much as MDs make, it's the same equivalent. They're getting paid very little, but yet they have they possess the same education and 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 skill and dedication and passion. Uh, so, so just know that they're doing this because they love it and they, because they want to genuinely help your pet. Um, Jill, thanks so much for being on the program. I appreciate you enlightening everyone. Um, and uh, everyone, uh, look forward to you tuning in in the near future. As I said, I'm going to try to podcast a bit more often, at least twice a month. So uh, not having to mesh schedules with Dr. Karen will hopefully facilitate that, but don't worry. When I do get have the opportunity to meet up with Dr. Karen, we will unite again and, and come back to you and have our uh, weird banter together. It just won't uh, happen as regularly as it used to, but uh, you will hear from her again, I promise. Have a good one, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
the laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.